Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler. Ranked the score after two is Merrimack 2 and a 14th ranked UMass Lowell 2. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us from the macreport.com College Hockey News and uh, also the Eagle Tribune. And uh, Mike, you know, last night and tonight, close games through two periods. Last night it was Lowell leading 4-3 after two here. It's 2-2 two two at the end of two. Not sure what people expected coming into this weekend series with Lowell battling even potentially for first place in the league and Merrimack, Merrimack already knowing that they can't make the playoffs, but through two periods both nights, it's been a pretty good game. Yeah, I thought the first period was really close. I think the second period, Lowell did a better job I think of creating chances in the second period, but still Merrimack able to get a goal there late. Yeah. Comes out of here tied 2-2 going into the third, so you, you put yourself in position anyway uh, to, to take some points. And like you said, uh, Scott Bork said earlier this week, they're out of it from a playoff perspective, but you know, the road to, to who wins the regular season trophy goes through Merrimack, essentially. Two games at Lowell, one with UMass coming up next Thursday, so uh, they they have the opportunity here to, to still play a big role in, in what the final standings in the league is going to look like. You know, Tyler Drevich with on with us uh, in the first intermission said something really interesting, and we, we talked about that. And um, you know, he said basically that the challenge right now, everybody find their own motivation. It's maybe something different for each guy. It's not necessarily going to be play for the seniors or do this or that or whatever. You know, it might be like it, it sounded like for him in his case. You know, playing for Lance Brady. Um, you know, and some other guys, I'm sure, same thing. You know, for for other players, it might be somebody in their family, something difficult that they're going through, and so on. Um, basically, the, the the just being find motivation where you can. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way to look at it. I think that's what you have to do, really, at this point. Uh, you know, they're in a unique spot. I mean, for the most part, the, the way the playoffs have been the last couple of years, no team has been in this position for for a while of, of knowing, okay, we've got games left where are you know we're already out of the playoffs. For a lot of teams, it ends really suddenly. You know, either yeah. you lose a game or, or especially if you ever lost an overtime game or something to end your season, it's really sudden. Think back to that series at BC last last season. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you go from that to having it happen like this, where you've got you know a, a week to kind of process it and, and uh, deal with it and know that you still got a couple of games left and you can finish the way you want to finish it. It's something I said to, to, to Scott Bork earlier in the week when we did our, our, our podcast. I said, you know, you've not many teams have the, have the opportunity to win their last game. Usually it's just one. Right. Uh, you know, this year you'll have a couple of teams in Hockey East and a couple in the WCHA that have the chance to, to win their last game along with whoever wins the national championship. So uh, that, that could be a motivating thing as well. You want to go out, I think, the best way you can. Is this the way it should be now with three teams now being eliminated from the playoffs? Three teams can't make the playoffs uh, in hockey. I, I looked to last night, and by the way, Norm Bazan from Lowell told us, the head coach at Lowell told us last night, told John Leahy in the pregame interview that uh, he actually voted against the change, and he thought that everybody should stay, uh, should be allowed in, but um, you look at what happened last night in Vermont. A 0-0 scoreless tie in overtime. Uh, Kevin Snedden, the head coach of Vermont, had to pull the goaltender uh, in the final minute of overtime to try to get the win because one point for them was not enough to, to, to stay alive in their bid to make the playoffs. They had to win the game, and uh, BU ends up scoring an empty netter uh, in overtime to win the game. It's it's unusual, uh, you know. Some might say it makes a mockery of a game to, to, to a certain extent, but you've also got a case where you know that one point could be big. BU is right there on the cusp of home ice, and they're battling with some other teams. You could have a team that loses out on home ice because BU ended up getting a win by uh, by that fashion in overtime. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I go back. 
back and forth on it, to be honest with you. There, there are times, I can see both sides, but I like the fact that the regular season means something. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, other leagues have it where everyone qualifies, and, and there's a reason for that, I think. The thing with Hockey East is, I think they originally went to it when they went to 12 teams to help that 15 potentially right. get in the NCAA tournament. With 11, that's not going to happen. So if, if your fifth-ranked team now could actually be hurt, I think, by it. Uh, not only do you not get that in, So before, your, your fifth-seeded team would play your 12th-seeded team at home in a playoff series. Most years, that's going to be two extra wins. That's going to help them maybe get to the NCAA tournament. I think of Merrimack back in uh, 2012, the year they went to Maine as the fifth seed. If they had played two games at home the weekend before and happened to win... They may have gone into the tournament that year. Now, it's not going to work out that way every year, but I can see I can see the mindset of doing it when you have 12 teams. When you have 11, it becomes a little tricky because at 15, it doesn't get helped. You can argue they get hurt. Not only do they not get two wins at home uh, against a lower-seeded team in that first round, but now they're, they're going on the road in the quarterfinals after taking a week off. So it can make it even, even a tougher road for them. So if you're not going to have it help that fifth team, uh, I, I don't really see the point in having 11 teams in there. So you have two leagues right now that have 11 teams, and, uh, and Atlanta Hockey's the other league, and they let everybody in, and they do basically would be the same thing. You know, the top five get a bye in the first round, six, seven, and eight host nine, ten, and eleven. And, you know, you could say potentially, well, same thing. Why isn't it a problem for them? I'm guessing it's because the fifth place team in Atlanta Hockey, generally, you know, unless they win the tournament, they're not going to be on the verge of getting an NCAA tournament bid. Whereas in Hockey East, many years, the fifth place team in Hockey East is right on that bubble. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Atlantic Hockey had an at-large bid. Uh, what was it? Maybe two or three years ago now, uh, and that's been the only one I think they've ever had. Uh, they had that one year where I think Robert Morris and Air Force I think both got in. Uh, I think it was Robert Morris and Air Force, but there was one year where there were two teams from Atlantic Hockey, and other than that, it's never happened. So yeah, it, that's that's the reason. Talking with Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com. It's two to our score here, and you know, Mike. We, so we know the season's going to end next Saturday. Uh, I think you're at the game there, so you know we'll talk to you in that second intermission there, and maybe do a recap of the season and perhaps look ahead a bit as well. But uh, quick, quickly, just some thoughts. First of all, um, Chase Greasock scores another big goal today. He's obviously the story, I think, of of, uh, of the season here for Merrimack. That you know they found somebody. They, you know, as difficult as the season has been, they got a guy that they can look to for next season. And say this is a guy that can score goals. i got to, got to give you a ton of credit, too, because earlier in the season you wrote that you thought as well, he was playing well. It took a while for him to get his first goal. You said, I think once he gets that first one, he's not going to stop scoring, and that's been true. Yeah, he has a history of it. I mean, when you look at the guys that have a history of scoring, especially the USHL, which is a hard league, those those numbers tend to translate. Uh, you know, if you scored in the USHL, you, you're going to score in college. Usually, that's how it works. Uh, so, and, and he was putting up a ton of shots, too. I mean, he wasn't, they weren't falling for him, but he was leading the team in shots on goal, he was leading the team in shot attempts, it's like at some point you're creating so many opportunities for yourself, they're, just, they're bound to go in, uh, and that's what we're seeing now, I, I think he's he's their most legitimate offensive threat, I, mean, I don't think there's any question about it really, uh, as he gets more mature physically, I think, it gets a little bit stronger, uh, I think we could even see him take a jump, he's got a bigger, you know, he, he reminds you of Brett Seedy in the sense that he's the guy that they're going to go to, I think, offensively, he's got a little bit of a bigger frame than Brett does, so I wonder how much is that, that freshman to sophomore year, that summer spending in the weight room and, and getting bigger and stronger, how, how much is that going to help him, uh, I, I think he, he's in store for a, a pretty special career. Yeah, and you're right, I mean, he's a totally different kind of player, but, uh, you know, he, he's got a chance here to end up with virtually the same kind of numbers that 
seen he had in his freshman year without, you know, I would say, without the same kind of supporting cast. Yeah, I think uh, Grisak's got, what, now, 21 points, I think, with the goal tonight? Yeah, 22, uh, I think. 22. Oh, he has assists, too. That's right, so 22. Uh, I, I look at this last week. I don't remember off the top of my head. I think Cini had 24 as a freshman. So, you know, you're, you're two off. Like you said, uh, with, with uh, Cini, I think, having the better supporting cast his freshman year, yeah, it's been pretty impressive what he's done, and I think you know you're only going to see him get better. You don't usually see guys top out as a freshman, right? There's usually some progression there, so you can see him get even better. Uh, all right, before we let you go here, the seniors are on it tonight. Senior night is actually tonight, not Thursday. Uh, you know, for very good reasons, since we talked about before. But uh, what's the legacy of this senior class here? It's tough to end. I think tough to end your senior year, and arguably, you know, the worst out of your four years record-wise. Um, you know, record-wise, certainly that is the case. But uh, what what is the you know what's the legacy here of these guys? I, I think it's probably the fact that they were able to guide the, the team and the program through a transition, which you know had to be emotional and difficult. You know, from Mark Denny on to Scott Bork new coach and everything, able to do that and, and perhaps, you know, lay the stage, the groundwork for what we come after. 100%. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they kept the team together. Uh, e- everything I heard from people last spring when that happened was that, you know, Michael Babcock and Alex Carl and Derek Petty, the those three guys especially, uh, took over. You know, they were in charge and, and uh, Michael Babcock was, was in every meeting and he was the one encouraging other guys to, to speak up and uh, I, I think that is the legacy, 100%, is that they... they were the glue that kind of kept everything together from a player standpoint during that transition and during what had to have been a pretty difficult month when they were in between coaches and uh, everything again everything I heard going back to a year ago at this time was that uh, Babcock was the one really that, that stepped forward uh, and took on even a bigger leadership role than he already had I think that's why he's wearing the C uh, but uh, but other guys all five of the seniors I think were, were in there doing that as well all right thanks a lot Mike we appreciate your time we'll, we'll talk to you again soon uh, next week in fact sounds good thanks all right that's Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune, and College Hockey News. The score is 2-2, after 2, back with more after this. This is Warrior Hockey.